With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Alrighty, so uh, today is um, uh, July 21st, 2016. It's me and Rosetta on the call, qualifying men. This is our fourth call. But really, we just start in session two <laughs> because, you know, we had breakdowns and we took a while to get through pieces of well, session one. But this uh, is the beginning of session two. It won't take anywhere near as long or as hard as it does to, uh, to go through the first session. Session one, session three and four, those are the hard, long ones. The rest of them are relatively simple uh, to get through. They're impactful. But, you know, they won't take anywhere near as long to get through as those long lists that I gave you. Um, uh, the longest list is the top 20 differences between men and women. That's where we'll start uh, next week if we don't get a chance to come. If we do complete this session, if not, we'll start this session and then go over there. But um, I'm, I'm declaring that this be actually session number two, even though we had three calls for our first session. So they're going to be session 1A, 1B, 1C is how I want to have it, okay? Okay. Because um, I want you to get the content, and as much as I want to do it as quickly as possible, it's more important that you get the, the, the material and that you, you can live from it than for me to be like, oh, well, you know, it's only eight sessions. I'm not worried about the time. I'm looking at the results, you know? So right. um, okay. I want to make sure you, you, you're clear about that, all right? Okay. One thing I did want to ask, um, after each call I can review or after the whole session is over? No, no, no. I sent you the recording. I sent you an invite to Dropbox. Um, but you can also just listen to it from um, TalkShoe. And when I send you an email, uh, you know, with the reminder of the phone call, there's also links in the email that will take you directly to the page where the recordings are or stored at. So you have access to the recordings from two different places. Okay, you know what? Uh, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I don't. I just recently got rid of thirty-something thousand emails, and um, I don't know. I could have got rid of that. Um, the other thing, because I didn't look. I just was getting rid of stuff. And um. Well, I could re. I could re send you and your I, section one recap, and I could also. But I also sent you a, re, a email reminder of the phone the, the call with the phone number and the same information from TalkShoe. Uh, and then I could also re-invite you on Dropbox, you know what I mean? Right, cause, and then I probably need some assistance because I remember you sent me something, and then I said, i got to get back to him to see how I can open this up because I, I didn't know. Got it. So we'll, we'll talk about that offline, how to, how to handle that, and, okay. um, you know, we'll be uh, up to speed. Uh, it won't take long. It's not that hard. Okay, all right. That's good. I just don't want to waste the time on the call, on the mm -hmm. recording, because you ain't going to want to hear this this conversation, you know, six months and two right. years from now. You know what I mean? Okay. So, so 
All right, so we'll talk about that offline. All right, great. So, um, so we spent a lot of time talking about um, one, uh, what's it going to take to remove whatever filters or blind spots you have around dealing with men. Like, what's it going to take for you to see men as they really are? And we also talked about, like, you know, a question that will help you to do that as well. And the question is, um, you know, what must they be thinking that made you feel that what you said or did was okay? And so I don't know if you did any reviews or anything like that, and and that's one of the reasons why I'm so glad that I do record the sessions. So for people that that do the program but they don't have it captured somewhere, if they don't, like, find ways to practice it during the week, you know, in between Mm -hmm. sessions, then they lose what I talk to them about. Then they feel like the the workshop didn't really work for them, you know. Um, Right. right, uh, So that's why this is like, uh, eliminates that as a possibility. You know, like if 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 I have these conversations and they don't get it and then they don't listen to the recordings, then that's not my fault. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's one thing to not remember what's being said, but it's mm-hmm. another thing to not even listen to the recordings where everything I said was just as accurately, you know, like it was just as as perfectly stated as when I originally stated said it. There's like no excuse. If somebody doesn't get it when I'm talking to them, one thing. But if they don't pay attention to the recording, then that's consciously refusing to learn. And I, I, I can't I can't take responsibility for that. You know what I mean? So right. yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. You know, it's like, come on, you, you know. You, you ain't got to try to remember. Go back to the recording. I got everything there. You remember every single word I said. I can't even remember what I said. The recording got it all, though. You know what I mean? So um, we'll, we'll talk about how to make that happen, you know, for yourself. But in the meantime, and I, and I understand if somebody had not read the, you know, read the recap, if you're not listen to the recording, they would have a hard time remembering, you know, what happened the last session or two. If, you know what I mean? I can understand that. So, uh, but I do like to check in and see you know, if anything has opened up for you uh, since the last time we talked, you know, in the area of relationships, uh, whether it was something directly or, or indirectly from what you learned. So anything you want to say about any of that? Or, you know, you could say no, but if you did, I'd love to hear it. Mm. Um. Um. The only thing I just started thinking about when you said when you had mentioned be more loving, and then um, that's what came to my mind. Yes. And, um, like just listen, um, like however that person is, accept them for how that person is. Yes. So, and um. Oh, and I I need this question to be un understood. What yep. must he be thinking that made him feel that what he just said or did was okay? Yeah, I need that right. to be explained to me. Um, so you want to explain it again, or what do you what do you need around that? Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So let me give Thank you a graphic example. Of, let me give you a graphic example of what I mean. Okay. So how, I want to tell you how I got. Um, how I came to this question, how I invented this question. So um, my mom passed away in 1998. 
and she left me and my sister approximately 90 grand apiece. And uh, I spent $1,500 with Landmark because I was committed to personal development. I didn't know where to go, but, like, Landmark kept showing up in my face, so I said, all right, fine, let's do that, right? I opened up a clothing store also. Uh, I failed with my store. Um, I probably gave away, let me see, uh, probably like $15,000 of the 90 to different people between my church and a couple of friends. And um, that was, you know, the church, okay, uh, my, my pastor thought that was a little crazy, but he took it. And then uh, the other folks, they took advantage of me. Uh, but in the meantime, I failed with my business, and I was trying to figure out what I needed to do, um, you know, in order to get back on my feet. Because at one point I had moved out of my apartment and I moved into the store because I knew, like, I was fully committed. I threw my head over the, over the wall to, to, to make this store a success because, to me, that was like a reflection of honoring my mother. By having my business a success, she left me this money. I need to, you know, like she's taking care of me. So, like, I wanted to do this to do my best to make it work. I failed at it. So, um, but but there was our last money that um, came from uh, the insurance um, company that she was dealing with. Um, that was about fifty six hundred dollars, and my sister told me about it, and it came to my sister. Mm-hmm. My sister was telling me that she, um, you know, was going to get it to me shortly when as soon as she got it. And she told me this in April of 2000. And then she told me more about it. Like, she kept telling me, it's not here yet, it's not here yet, it's not here yet, until August of 2000. And August of 2000, you know, I had all kinds of problems. I was about to get evicted from my store. Um, you know, I was thinking, what am I going to do about a full-time job? You know, I was thinking about a whole bunch of stuff, right? So, you know, on um, August 2nd of that year, I think it was August 2nd, she told me that she spent my money. She spent my half of that $5,600. I was more than devastated because of three things. One, my money got stolen. Two, my sister stole the money. I couldn't believe my sister would never did, as far as I knew, a criminal thing in her life. She was a goody two-shoes for crying out loud. And then number three, my sister stole our dead mother's money for me. I'm like, how is that possible? I was so pissed off. I wanted to kick her ass, like, for mm-hmm. real. Like, I'm not the kind of guy I want to fight, but, man, I wanted to beat her down after that. I was so crushed, so shocked. It was as shocking to me as the World Trade Center collapsed. It was that unthinkable, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. for Five or six, I want to say six to seven weeks, I was screaming at her, yelling at her, like taking my anger out on her because I just couldn't believe it. And then, and then on top of that, I didn't have any money to do what I really wanted to do anymore. Like, you know, to see if I could either stay in a store or find an apartment and then get a job or not. So my, my, what I thought would have been my safety net was gone, right? Mm-hmm. So um, at that time, you know, after I left the store, I, started, I got hired by Landmark and I started working for Landmark. And... Um, So I had a part-time job. Okay, I got a part-time job. I sold, you know, I did a a massive sell-off of my merchandise, so it gave me enough money to get an apartment. I started working with Landmark like 20 days after, um, uh, you know, that happened. And uh, so I had a little bit of an income coming in and enough to pay my rent anyhow. And so that was it. So I'm on staff. I'm in these, listening to these meetings, and, you know, I'm yelling at my system. I'm so pissed off and hurt. I don't even know what to say. And then one time, I, you know, this one time I had a conversation with her, and it sounded like she was more hurt than I was. 
And I'm like, huh? Wow. That, 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 that messed me up because as pissed off as I am, she sounded like she was in worse shape than I was, at least on that call. Mm. So it dawned on me. Let me have a straight conversation with her and let her say whatever she needs to say. I need to, I need to understand her. I need to understand her desperately. So I called her up and I said, you know, I need to know something. I need to know what was you thinking that made you think that you could spend our mother's money for me was okay. Tell me why you did that. Why stop, was that okay? Stop, what? stop, stop. Yes. Stop. Go ahead. Okay, because I'm, I'm, I listened to that, and I was trying to relate that to what you just, what you sent me in the text. Yes. That's why I said stop. Yes. Did it now register? Does it make sense? Another question? Go ahead. Keep going. Okay, got it. So, and when I talk, when I ask that question, we end up having an hour and a half conversation. I'll never forget it. It was September 22nd, 2000. I was the last day of, the, of my ILP, the first time I did the ILP. The second time I did it with you, right? So the first mm-hmm. time I did the ILP, that was the last day of the program. And, um, you know, I was working that day, and uh, I just got finished doing some work. I was going to have to do some more work. And we was on the phone for an hour and a half. I thought me asking her that question will take, like, two to three weeks to get to the bottom of it. An hour and a half later, she told me everything she was ever pissed off at me about, everything that I ever heard her about, and I actually got our, I, that actually completed and restored our relationship, that one question, that one conversation. I asked her that because I wanted to know how she was really thinking. Yeah, you wanted to know what was deep down in her that made her do what she did. Yeah, because it was unthinkable. How does how, how is that possible? Like, why would you, how could you do that? How could you live with yourself That's, doing that? And that, and then, then she broke down and, and spoke to you. It took her 15 minutes to believe I really meant that I was not going to give her a hard time about it. It took her 15 minutes before she started saying some real stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, I've been bullying her all my whole life. Didn't even realize that, really, you know. I mean, I hadn't bullied, and bullied her. Like, her. I hadn't bullied her in 20 years, but I surely bullied her when we were young, for sure, you know. So, so I had to find <laughs> out how was she thinking. Because I knew that her thoughts made her feel a certain way, and then her feelings made her act a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so I asked her that question, and, and, and I have, since September 22, 2000, I've never had another argument with my sister ever again. I, that was the conversation that gave me my sister back. Mm. I'm so touched by that. I'm, ready, I, I'm almost ready to cry now because after that, she, two months later, she did the Landmark Forum. And then two or three months after that, she, she became one of the people on my assisting team. Mm-hmm. This is a person that was so pissed off that she felt like she could spend my money and give me a hard time and, and sabotage me behind my back and look down on me and all of this stuff. And then I did that with her, and she was thinking, of, she, I know she was thinking to herself, he could not have done that if he did not do Landmark. Landmark must have did that to him. I got to go find out about this Landmark thing. He could not, meaning that question that you asked her. Right. Couldn't have, I couldn't have thought that up. I was, the way the guy that Tony was. The way you brought that across to her was like probably, what the hell? Yes. Made, yeah, right. It's like, 
right? So I'm telling you, because I've been using that. That's part of my coaching. That's one of my coaching program questions that I ask myself. I don't ask people anymore. I don't have to ask them because I'm so used to living inside of the question. I don't even have to ask anybody that anymore. I just look at them like, what was he thinking? And so I start looking for evidence to show me their thoughts. I don't have to ask the question directly, but I'm always asking the question to myself and waiting for the answer. Sometimes you might have to ask the question directly. But I know if I didn't ask her that, I would have never known. She would have never said it, and that way we would still not be talking, you know. Yeah, what must he be thinking that made him feel that what he just did, what he said or did was okay? Yeah. Wow. Because let me give you another piece of that. Nobody, so I read this quote in conversation with God. Nobody does anything wrong given their model of the world, given the way they see the world, right? So if they're doing stuff and they if they're doing stuff and they think what they're doing is correct, but you know it ain't, then you got to examine their model of the world. Right, because that's their perception. This question gives you access to their model of the world. Mm-hmm. Make sense now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was so hurt, shocked, and amazed in a bad way, so angry. That I was like, okay, 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 I, I, I got I to get to the bottom of this. I can't live with this no more, you know. And I, when I saw she was in bad shape, then it was like, okay, we got to do something about this. So I needed to find out, you know. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, that, that experience taught me to ask that question, and now I live in that question. That's a part of my, that's a part of my um, behind-the-scenes, you know, uh, uh, tools when I'm in communication with people. I want to know what they're thinking. So I'm listening for how are they thinking. I'm listening for them to tell me things or to do things that will tell me how they're thinking and why. I don't have to ask people most of the time anymore. Sometimes I will, but it's not necessary because if, if I keep my eye on them long enough, their actions will tell me. Right. And I I, I understand what you're saying, you know. Yeah. Um I understand what you're saying because it made me go back to think about like when I had a conversation with my niece. I don't know word from word, yeah, but we were talking and she was she was talking about um she's not the kind of person I think I told you that she's not the kind of person that likes to be around people. But mm-hmm. she but she was married with her husband and then my sister had passed away because my niece is my oldest sister's daughter, and my we used to always go over to my sister my sister's house, and so um my niece so we started going over to my niece's house when we go to Pennsylvania and stuff and um now her and her husband's not together and she said um she I, she said that. She did what she did because she thought that this is what she was supposed to do. Yes. And and um, I because like it was something she felt that she needed to carry down because her mom did it. I said, "Wow, you know." But she said, "I'm not a people person," <laughs> and yes. even though she's around her own family, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had said something to her with with it that. The questions that she brought out to me, and I said, "Wow!" I said, "Look at that, Rosetta. That um, 
because of the conversation that we had, I said something to her, and then she and I got my answer. Yes. So you, you, if you ask that question, it almost, almost automatically makes you stop assuming anything, because it engages your curiosity, and now you're like, I got to sit here and wait. It's, it's almost like it almost makes you be like you're watching a TV show or a movie where you don't know what's coming next, but you're just going to sit there and wait because it's going to come. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, so using that question, it, it, it makes you so curious that you stop looking through your filters because you don't know if your filters are going to get in the way and keep you from seeing what's really going on. You know, that question makes you not look for agreement. It makes you look for accuracy. So that question is like, it's like you a brilliant what question. You want. Yeah, it has nothing to do with what you want. It's like, what's the real deal here? Well, yeah, that's true too. I'm saying you're getting what you want, but you're right. What? Yeah. Because you, you because you're going over there to that person, and you're going to get what you want by answering by that person answering the question. Well, you may or may not get it, but it's sort of like you look out the window, and today you see sunshine, tomorrow you see rain, the day after you see snow, the day after that you mm-hmm. see some sunshine, right? Like, it gives you reality, and now you know what to do with the reality. Mm-hmm. You may not get what you want, but you get a chance to see, is it raining or not outside? And was it a fire outside? Is it snowing? What's going on outside? You, you just look outside to see. Let me look outside and see. That's what this question is designed to have you do, except for you walking around in the mind of other people when you're doing it. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's 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 um yeah, it's it's like being a scientist. I'm gonna put these two chemicals together and see what happens, kinda like, you know? It's kinda like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so especially for a woman trying to understand men. If she could ask that question on a regular basis, what she'll start to see in addition to, like, you know, the type of thinking that he's having in this situation, what you'll really learn about is the context that that person is living from. So they're either living from an a, uh, automatic way of thinking, you know, they're already always way of thinking, listening, or um, they're coming from, you know, their, their context, how the world occurs to them inside of a context. Like her, your, sister, your, your cousin's context or your niece's context is, um, uh, you know, that she's not a people person. That's her context. Mm-hmm. So anything that has to do with people is going to bump up against her not being a people person. So when you start watching her do things and you see, oh, she's not a people person, you can begin to predict how a person who's not, about, who's not a people person is going to act when they're in certain situations. You go to a party, you know she's going to stand off by herself. You know, you go to a job and you know she's trying to, she, she may, may not introduce you to people. She may not be happy you're going, you know, you're going to visit her at a job. She may not even like being at the job because there's people there. You know, like you get a chance to see what's possible inside of, you know, I, I don't like people. So you, you begin to actually like, like be like that. So if you're dealing with a man, for example, and he doesn't know what his life purpose is, then, you know, you're looking at a guy who doesn't have a, 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 a compass for his life, and so you don't know what decision he's going to make from one minute to the next, but you know you don't know that, and you know he don't know that. So now you're dealing with a guy who is, you know, unreliably, you know, doing things, not because he doesn't have the skill, because he doesn't have direction. 
or, you know, he was abused by a, a girl when he was 14, and now that's how come he's a player and he cheats on women and has a hard time. Or, you know, somebody stole his money and now he's going to be a chief key because he don't trust anybody. Or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So you get a chance to listen and watch for and hear those things. Not how he feels about you, but how he feels about life. And then you get a chance to say, do you want to play with somebody like that? Can I shift their mindset around that? Or, you know, does that work for me or whatever? You know what I'm saying? But you, you get power when you get clarity because now you know what to do. At least you have an idea of where to go or what's the concern you have. Wow. That, wow. Get it? Oh, yeah. So you know what? What? I ch- I chose. <laughs> I, um, that was funny too. So I ch- the the person that I told you about two people, two guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I so I chose the the retired cop. Okay. That's who I chose because I told I told you about the other person who was um. What did I say? I said something about he he just the way he was um. I can't even remember that, but I was kind of agitated with him. Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. All right, good. So does that make, you know, does that make the question, like, fully clear for you now? Mm -hmm. And, oh, when I say that, when I said I chose him, so I told him, I said, I choose you. And he said, he said, I never heard anything like that before. I started laughing, but the other thing was my mom was thinking about landmark, and I just gave him an example. I said, "You know, I said just give, for an example, I said, what kind of ice cream you like? You like strawberry or chocolate?" He said, "I like chocolate." I said, "So that's it." I said, "You choose chocolate, right?" I said, "So just like you, I said I choose you," <laughs> and that was it. It's just so. I said, "It's just so simple." That's all. You still there? Hello? Oh my goodness! I don't. Well, you know what? I'm. I'm we're gonna hang up, and I'll call you back. Cause I can't hear you. Yeah, so I'll tell you again when you get on the call, but uh, my phone decided to disconnect. I don't even know why it did it or how, and uh, but I was able to hear you. Oh, here we go. Yeah. All right. All right, you're back? Okay. I know you told me about the I was hearing every word you said because I could hear you through my speakers, but my phone shut off. I'm like, how the hell did that happen? It looks. I'm looking at it. It looks like it's still connected. But I'm I'm looking at it again, and there's pieces that said, you know, I disconnected. I see on my computer screen, I disconnected, but the phone disconnected. But I'm looking at the phone. I can't tell if I'm looking at the phone. So when your voice came over my speakers, I was like, oh, she don't hang up. But it's okay. So sorry about that technical glitch. My bad. I I know. But <laughs> heard. That was that was weird. Yeah, that was weird, man. I, I don't mm-hmm. get that one. Anyhow, um, you sounded good over my speakers. I was like, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So, 
anyhow, um, so yeah, I, I got what you're saying. You know, um, uh, you know, you're gonna be with the, the, the retired police officer, and um, you know, the other guy doesn't really, didn't really fit for you the way you would like. So I, I got it, and um, uh, and I'm gonna move, I'm gonna move forward now. All right. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Good. 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 So session one was about how to get out the way the things that are in your way to keep you from seeing guys. It's like, you know, it's, it's all like when, when women, well, men and women both, but in, in this particular case, women, y'all, y'all have it harder because y'all have um, so many needs, expectations, demands of men that men don't have of women. But uh, so, you know, I know in the landmark forum, in the introduction, they used to talk about how, you know, you would have a filter, and they talked about rose-colored glasses. You know, when you first put the rose-colored glasses on, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything looks rosy, but then after a while, it just looks like how it is, and you forget that yeah. you got rose glasses on. Like, right. So, <laughs> so those um, 16, 17 filters, which is it's hilarious because it's like people have five, seven, ten different filters on. They have an original idea, and then they think about it for a while, and then they forget that they have it, and now they, they rather than seeing men as they are, they see they got rose-colored glasses, they got green glasses, they got yellow glasses, they got blue glasses, they got brown glasses, and then they wonder why the guy ain't acting the way they think he's supposed to be because they got all these filters on and they can't see the real guy. So let's remove all of those filters and, um, you know, <laughs> so you can see the guy. That's what the, that's what the first part of this program was about, the se- first session. Second session, different conversation. This session is to uh, give you a sense of what it's like being a man. Okay. It's like, what's the life, what's the world that men live in? And um, so, yeah, we're going to go through, I'm going to give you an idea, uh, somewhat of an experience of what it's like for men. Because women don't know that. Uh, They're just like, how come you're not being the way I need you to be? (laughs) You know? Um, I'll, I'll say that part of the filtering issue is um, the media. So um, Walt Disney, God bless him, uh, did some major damage to uh, society's relationship to relationships. Because when he started doing these fairy tale uh, stories, oh, Beauty wow. and the Beast, Cinderella, you know, yeah. all of this other stuff, you know, as a child, you know, Young girls would see these movies and they would want to have their life go like that. Uh huh. Right? So you grow up and you're thinking it's supposed to still go like that. You don't even have to be conscious of that's how it goes. And then, next thing you know, you're like, uh, well, how come he's not being that way? And then you get all of those filters and you get annoyed, having no idea that you you were, um, you know, more, you were uh, indoctrinated <laughs> in some fantasy that, that's not real. Um, and then on top of that, you make guys wrong, so you have these filters, and you can't even see who they really are. So that's session number one. Number two, though, is Mm-mm-mm. like women don't know what it's like being a man, and so women you get don't them. know how it is to be a man. Okay. Right, women Go have ahead. no idea. Your 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 upsets and expectations are completely around your needs, your wants, your desires, your expectations. It has nothing to do with what it's like for him. No clue. Most women, ninety-nine percent, I'd say. But we're gonna we're gonna jump into that world. I'm not gonna like you know spend the rest of my life telling you about it, but I'm gonna spend okay. the rest of the session talking about it. You know, 
Okay. So um, I'm going to read some stuff, and then I'm going to go be more specific. So um, men live in what seems to be a different world than women do. Everyone wants something from men. Everyone has expectations of them. They're obligated, men are obligated to be, do, and have above and beyond what they need and want for themselves in order to make other people happy, men, women, and children. Men need to be responsible whether they want to be uh, responsible or not, like it or not, can be or not. They're supposed to be saviors, heroes, tough guys, and warriors. They're supposed to be strong and sensitive. Take charge, but check in first. Take hints. Handle their business and everyone else's business, and no one even thinks about the fact that they still need to have their own life, their own needs, the time it takes to recuperate and restore themselves, and even even reconnect to who they are. That's how the world in general sees men. How men see themselves and how women see men are vastly different. It would be amazing if most women saw men as great or even better, as the creator designed them to be. But unfortunately, that's nowhere close to being true. Most women have past experience of men that have left them scarred emotionally and influences their views of men to the point of it being a detriment to their own wishes and desires. So with that in mind, here's a picture of the perceptions men have to deal with that most women see men as and have to deal with before they even say hello, that men have to deal with before they even say hello. They not only have to deal with these perceptions women have of them, they also have to deal with their own view of themselves and their self-esteem issues just to get up the nerve to even say hello. Yeah, go ahead. Men got to be willing to deal with the uh, rejection that's likely to happen just by saying hello. They got to get to nerve to say hello. Even the guys that are confident, they have to learn to be confident just to say hi or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, imagine that you walk into a room and you have the gift of mental telepathy. You can hear people's minds speaking even though they're not saying nothing. <laughs> You're you're already nervous before you walk into the room, whether it's a party, a job interview, or especially a first date, and you hear the following thoughts from the people in the room about you, right? Like you could be on a date, but, you know, if you go into a restaurant, there's more than just you and your date in the restaurant, so, you know, there could be these people looking at you and having some of these thoughts that I'm about to say. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you walk into the party and people look at you and they're thinking, you're a jerk, you're a player. You are betray. You'll betray me. You're abusive. You have anger issues. You're too nice. You're a cheater. You're too wimpy. You're a liar. All you care about is sex. You're shallow. All you want to do is fix stuff. You're a punk. You're insensitive. You're lazy. You're going to ignore me anyhow, so I don't even know why I should talk to you. You're inconsiderate. You, you don't know how to romance me, and even if you did, you're probably going to stop. Um, you're stupid. You don't want to understand me. I don't trust you. You're slow, selfish, broke, short-sighted. You don't want to commit. You're irresponsible. You're intimidating and dangerous. 
you're weak and you're weak and egotistical. You're a mama's boy. You're a deadbeat dad. You always say no and don't say yes. You're a workaholic, so I can't spend no time with you. You're difficult to be around. You don't know what you want around relationships. You're too focused on success. You're overburdened, so you ain't got no time for me. You're stubborn. You're impetuous, meaning you're, you know, um, um, spontaneous but in a bad way. You don't take care of yourselves, and you're blind to my needs and desires. That's a lot of stuff we women say about men. Yeah, all of that stuff. You all, you hear almost none of that about women, but that's what women are thinking about men. Every man has experienced almost all of that by the time they're 20. Mm-hmm. And yet we're supposed to get past all of that and then call how much we want you, even though you probably, you and anybody else are probably thinking about 20 of these or 10 of these or 5 of these while he's walking over to you. So, like, how's a guy supposed to, like, get the nerve up to talk to you when he can feel? You tore them down. Say that again? I said when they have already been torn down. Yeah. And I'm not saying that women don't. I'm just saying that when men do. Mm-hmm. Like, men have to deal with the fact that women have said these things to them. Women have done these things to them. I know I've heard a lot of these myself. I haven't heard anything about weak or punk. I haven't heard any of that. I've heard a lot of the other stuff, though, you know, like being behind, you know, selfish, you know, uh, a cheater, you know, a jerk, all of that, I've, you know, mm-hmm. abusive. I've heard all of that about me to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, like, you know, having compassion for men, this is part of the, the reason why you would want to have compassion for men because even the meanest, nastiest guys, have been abused somewhere on the line, and that's how they got that way. They wasn't like that on their own. They were not like that when they were three, four, and five. But somewhere along the line, life kicked them in the balls, and they had to deal with that. And their response to it is that there might be some of those things, but even if they're not any of those things, they still have to deal with that because all men are alike, as women like to think. Or whether they like to think it or not, whether they're conscious of thinking of it or not, they be thinking of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, anyhow, you hear all those thoughts, right? You walk in the restaurant and you hear people thinking all those things. You can hear their voices, and at the same time, you see the smiles on their faces and the people in the room because they don't know you can read their mind. They're just smiling at you because it's polite, but they're thinking these nasty-ass thoughts about you, right? So how do you feel? You asking right. me a question? Yeah, I'm asking you a question. How would you feel if that was you? I wouldn't even know what to do. <laughs> you know what? When you, when you, when, as you were telling me this, I was thinking about um, a movie that I just become, I got to really get to look at it. It's called yeah. Inside Out. And mm. in Momentum, they had showed us some clips on the movie Inside Out when we did this abundance class, and it talks okay. about all the things that be going on in our head. <laughs> the little people, <laughs> there was characters, but all of them had a different name. So by you telling me this, it made me my mind go back to like, okay, I'm walking. In, this is this man walking into the room, 
and all them thing, all that information that had been put in, you know, not put in, but brought to him, you know, and then, then you're walking into seeing all these women and they smiling at you and everything, but you already got all this stuff in your head, you know, from what you yeah. have encountered. Right. Yeah. That's and, why I was laughing. Yeah, and they got a lot of that stuff in their head about men in general. So that's like the, the, the this collective consciousness of women is what I just got finished reading. Mm-hmm. You know, not, not, not every woman thinks every one of these, but almost all women think some of these. Right. About men, right? So now, that's what men have to deal with just to get up the nerve to say hi. What's worse is the feeling doesn't end when you both decide to be in a relationship with each other. Every time you start thinking about any of those things I just shared, he could feel it. Wow. Most, yeah, he could feel it. Did you, you did, did you do the communication course yet? Yeah, I did. So I don't know if you remember, but I think there was an exercise where I think it's on the evening session on, on the Thursday night where you sit there and you, you share what's uh, important to you, and the person that you're speaking to, they, they don't listen to you, they ignore you, and then another time you do the exercise and then they actually listen to you, right? You remember that? Did, did you do that exercise? Um, um, they listen, they ignore you, and then, um, no, I, 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 it's kind of vague in my mind. Okay. So if you were talking to somebody about something that was important to you and they started ignoring you, you could feel it. You start having a hard time talking because you're like, you feel so stifled by the fact that they're like, you know, ignoring you, ignoring something that's important to you. You find it hard to communicate, and you feel really uncomfortable with somebody. But if you're talking to somebody that really cares about you, that really thinks well of you, then it's easy to talk to those people, energetically speaking, if nothing else. Right. And so, um, so whenever a woman feels like, what's up with this guy? We feel it. We know we're, that you're not happy with us. When you start thinking, okay, okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah, we, no, we, 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 don't, we don't have to have you explaining it. We already get it. We're like, uh-oh, we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of um, In Living Color. You remember that TV show, right? Keenan mm-hmm. Ivory Wayans show, TV show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, Damon Wayans created this character called Handyman. You remember that? Just keep talking that. Let me see. Yeah, yeah Handyman was a handicapped guy that was a superhero. Mm. And so he talked, he kind of talked like this, and, you know, his hand was, you know, he's like half of his body was paralyzed, but then something would happen, and he would say, uh-oh, here comes trouble. And then he would fly. Everybody would be laughing, right? And then he'd come and do oh, some yeah. crazy stuff. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so when a guy sees a woman unhappy with him, he's got his own version of, uh-oh, here comes trouble. Because he mm-hmm. knows you're thinking some of those things that I just read you about him. Wow. Mm-hmm. We could feel it. We don't need you to say anything. You don't have to say a damn word. We already know. Now, how are we supposed to act when we know this? Y'all don't like being judged. 
Well, y'all have no problem judging men for not fulfilling your expectations. Wow. Yeah. Most women don't even do a good job of hiding their feelings. Men can see it and feel it. That's why it's so important that you're happy for us, that you're happy. When you're happy, men feel emotionally safe with you. They can relax with you, and they can be happy too. But when you're not happy, no one around you even has permission to be happy. It's almost like... You said no one what? Yeah, it's like... It's almost like... If if you're unhappy but we're happy, you're mad mm-hmm. at us for being happy. You're mad at us for not feeling the way you'd feel. Okay. You felt that way sometimes? Have you ever experienced that feeling before? Um Well, yeah, kind of uh, yeah. I can I'm say yeah, I'm gonna go back to the conversations I was having with this other guy. So I'm gonna have to say yeah. In reference to that, because he, he was laughing while I was damn, I was damn pissed off. Yeah, yeah. He he's happy, but you're not happy, and then you're mad at him because he shouldn't be happy because you're not on, you're not happy. Y'all should be. He should be understanding how you feel and have an empathy mm-hmm. for your feelings. So he he doesn't have permission to be happy. That's why they say if Mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. Nobody can be happy until she's happy. Because she's like, if I'm not happy, how could you possibly be happy? Can't you see that? Blah, 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 and, you know, so she wants to enroll you in our lack of happiness. And that's what happens to us guys. So we'd be like, oh, man, I got to get out of here. Because, you know, we can't beat you up and we can't just sit there and leave you alone. So we got to leave. That's the only way that can happen. Mm-hmm. And that's what guys do, right? You notice they either shut up or they shut up and leave, right? Right. But they don't have any, they don't know what else to do. You don't know what to say. Right. Nothing ain't going to say, going to make a difference. Anything we say can and will be used against us in that conversation <laughs> or the next one. <laughs> and you laugh because you know that's right, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because what, what we say is justifiable. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's the, that's the world that y'all create for men, and then you wonder why men are hesitant to commit. Mm-hmm. They're hesitant to commit because they know that if you can't control your own emotions and you're not looking out for their best interest, you're going to do that to them. And if that you do it enough... Say, you, wait a minute. That we can't control our emotions? That's correct. And what else? If you can't control your emotions, then you're going to do that to us. And if you can't make us feel make us feel safe around you emotionally, then we're going to assume that you're going to be unreliable emotionally. We don't know how you're going to feel from one minute to the next, and how you feel doesn't matter to you about how it affects us. You know, women want to express themselves when they feel however they're feeling. But if you're feeling horrible, don't take it out on me. If you're going to take out your bad feelings on me, you're not somebody I can reliably be around. You're unsafe. Okay. I don't know when you're going to flip. Right. And if I don't know when you're going to flip, and then when you flip, I can't do nothing about it, and you don't care how I feel about you flipping. Right. 
then why should I commit to you? You're not reliable enough. I can't trust you. Mm-hmm. Women want men they can trust, but they don't operate as if they're trustworthy emotionally and relationship-wise. In this sense, a lot of times women act like two-year-old girls that throw terror tantrums and expect daddy to, to ignore them and take care of them anyhow, but that's not how you interact with a man. We need you to be in as much of an adult as you want us to be. Just communicates? It sounds sad. Um, yeah, I hear you. It yeah. sounds like it. It sounds like um, um, two children. Yeah, he's trying. He's trying to just be happy with you. But whenever you're happy, most women when they get unhappy, they turn into two year olds. They turn what? Into two year olds. Oh, uh huh. Okay. I'll give you some examples. So I had at least four really, really negative situations when I broke up with a woman. Mm -hmm. Over the top. Over the top. Two of them, when I broke up with them, they kicked me. They kicked me, like stomped on me with the flat bottom of their foot. One, I was in front of my apartment building when I said that I was being straight with her. Listen, I got to... You know, I, I want to. I got to go back with the mother of my children. I mean, like it's like it's unfinished. She got so hurt and angry, she kicked me. Like she stomped on me seven different times, and she was like 105 pounds, a little bitty thing. I could have smacked her and threw her into the George Washington Bridge. I was only I lived a block and a half away from the GW Bridge at the time. I could have just threw her there. She's so little, but she stomped me. She kicked me. Like I couldn't believe she did that. Another time. Uh, I was dating this woman, and um, she had walked on me, walked in on me uh, with another woman. I was not in the middle of sex, but I, I was surprised that I wasn't really. Uh, I, I gave her the key. Apartment. She got mad at me. Uh, it was like the Christmas of that year. And then the following August, we was back and forth, up and down. And, um, and she had an alcohol problem, which was one of the reasons why I wasn't all that enrolled in her. But you know, I told her that you know I had stopped thinking about I was going to cheat on her or mess around. Uh, there was a one woman that I actually was in love with, but I had to leave her alone. I had to choose between the two. So I said, let me give my all to the first relationship, which is the woman I'm telling you about now. She couldn't trust it and believe it. I understand she couldn't. I, actually didn't, I was actually okay with it. I know I generated that. I, could be, I was responsible. Like I took responsibility for it, even though I didn't know how to change it. So anyhow, I told her that I needed to go pick up my ex-wife from the airport. Because she demanded that I do it because I did, every time I would go around there, she would kick my butt. About, she would demand you know, what? My ex-wife. I would have to go pick up my ex-wife. She made me, she basically manipulated me into going to pick her up because, like, if you want to see your kids, you need to pick me up from the end. That kind of, you know, pressure tactic. So, uh, you know, we was at an event. I said, listen, I'm going to have to drive you home, and then i got to go to the airport and pick up my ex-wife. She thought I was going to go there to pick her up so I could, like, cheat on her again, which I understood, but I was like, I'm not going to do that. It's like, I don't have any interest. She is so not, I'm not so not interested. Like, she, she couldn't believe it. And she was drunk. So we're in a car. She's kicking me in the car. She's in the front seat. I'm in the back seat. And she, she, she reaches around, and she starts kicking me in the front seat. Wow. 
another woman, I, I, we didn't even get in a relationship. We was talking about it, but she was just too fat for me, just too fat, way too fat. Not like she was kind of on, on the thick side. No, she was like fat. She was like, she might have been fatter than Katie Hall. And I was just like, yeah, couldn't do it. So I finally said, you know, listen, I, I just can't do it. So you know what she did? She lived in, uh, I think she lived in East Orange, or she lived in West Orange, or some Montclair. I think she lived in Montclair. Anyhow, we were in, um, I think, near between East and West Orange, sitting in a car. And then she, I told her that, and she got so pissed off and hurt that she dropped me off at a bus stop at about 12 midnight, 12, 5, 12 5, something like that, at a bus stop in, um, I think it was West Orange or East Orange. I'm not exactly sure. Mm-hmm. But what, what I what, what it was on a Saturday night in January, and but she did not notice at the time. But she, I don't think she knew, but she didn't care. But the, the she dropped me off before the after the last bus left. Oh my God! So it, I walked um, on um, Broad Street three hours till I got to um, the um, Penn Station Newark. You to get to the PATH train, to go back to Jersey City where I lived at. So I was thinking to myself, you know what, if this is the cost, if this is not the price of me um, breaking up with her, fine, I got it. And about 5 o'clock in the morning, about an hour after I got home, to see if I got home okay. I was so pissed, you have no idea. He called you? Yeah, she called me to see if I was okay. That's a drop for me to fuck off like that. Oh, man, I wanted to punch her in the head, but, I mean, you know, I got that angry, but I was like, I left it alone, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then the last woman that, that, that you know, was extremely abusive to me, after I broke up with her, we was only dating for a little while, but I realized she wasn't the kind of chick for me. Two weeks after we broke up, she told me she was pregnant. I need to give her money for an abortion. These are the kind of things that men deal with. This is just my story. These ain't. This is this is typical of what a guy is going to meet to run across by the time he's like thirty or forty years old, you know. Mm-hmm. The, the type of, you know, the type of emotional treatment that women do to men is, it's insane. Like, if they really knew how bad it was, they would feel ashamed of themselves. They just wouldn't be able to do that anymore. They certainly don't let men do that to them, but they don't realize that they're doing that to us. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, men are, you know, goody two-shoes and, you know, all of that. Because men, we got our own jerky. So so what you're saying is that women disregard a man's feelings. Right. Right. And has no idea the impact her feelings and actions have on him. No clue. Not even looking. He just better do what I say because he's supposed to. Operating like she's entitled, among other things. So again, I'm not saying that this, you know, that there's something wrong with women and there's nothing wrong with men. I'm just saying, you know, mm-hmm. you being a woman, I'm giving, I'm, I'm giving you this so that you can have the power and access to that power to be fully responsible and and uh, and effective in relationships. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to give you like you know the the the, the ground level, you know, dirty what dirt. What women do in reference to men. Right, what they do, they chase them away and make them. Yeah, right. How come men don't want to commit? Because y'all do the stuff I just got through the saying. So, 
that's like the world that men live in. <laughs> wow. You know. Well, uh huh. Yeah, that's the world men live in. So you know, um, so as long as think- as long as women treat them that way, they're gonna be hesitant to get married. Because they're okay. like, she's just going to beat me up long enough for me to say I can't handle it no more. And then I have to pay her child support and, and alimony for like 20 years. I don't want to do that. Because when relationships don't work out, particularly marriages don't work out, she's going to get paid. She now has, you know, guaranteed, you know, income to some degree. You know, half the property he collected. So, like, he, you know... If she's not going to be his queen, he's going to be real reluctant to jump in because if she can't manage her emotions and don't see how hard being emotional uh, affects him, there's no reason for him to be excited about being there. And that's the world of man. That's what it's like for a man. So I wanted you to get that. Not like, you know, there's something wrong with women, but that stuff doesn't work for guys. Makes sense, right? Yeah. What you thinking? Oh, I, I, what 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 came to me was um, just when I was having a conversation with the cop, and I asked him, "Well, what are you looking for?" And he said, "I'm looking for a woman who's going to accept me for who I am." And um, he said, I'll know it when the time comes. He said, I'll know it. Yeah. Yeah, because he's seen her go through stress and she still didn't kick his ass. Say that again? That's because he's seen, he's watched her. Watch him go through stress, failure, upsets, and she still didn't kick his ass. I'm, I'm, I'm letting that resonate. Uh, that's why I didn't say nothing. It's <laughs> like very same reason. A man that could be with a woman, no, excuse me, a woman that could be with a man's failures, upsets, disappointments, and her disappointments, uh, her, her expectations not filled, unfulfilled, and she still doesn't beat him up is a safe woman to be around for a man. She is, a, she is safe. He will be crazy about that woman. The other woman is really an emotional bully. That's what it feels like for a guy. Meaning that... Um That he go to to be um to look at me. He goes to the same. He goes to the same things that we go through. Yeah. He just doesn't beat her up with his feelings, though. Okay. We need y'all to make us feel better, not worse. I'm going to talk a lot more about that in the last two sessions of the program. Last two or three sessions of the program. About how, I'm talking about what doesn't work now. 
But I'm also, but later on, I'm going to talk about what does. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. So, okay, got it. So, yeah, in, back in summer. Okay, okay, sorry, go ahead. I, sorry, I said I pro- it helped me look back and see, look at myself. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. By the way, I think you now know why I didn't have a problem with charging the rate that I charged for this program, right? <laughs> to who, me? To me? Yeah, or I mean, what? now, if you had any questions before, you probably don't have any questions about it no more, right? <laughs> Never mind. I'm just, I'm just. It hit me to say that, but uh, it's, okay. it, it, it makes sense. Okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Okay. All right. So, bottom line is, you got to realize you don't have to, but it makes sense and it supports you to um, pay attention to your own prejudices when it comes to men, and do whatever you can to eliminate those prejudices. Men can feel your emotions and attitudes, and anything negative they get from you hurts them dearly. I want you to realize that men have painful pasts where they have been scarred by others as well. Rather than make them wrong for having that attitude, remember that you took this program and they did not. So I invite you to have the patience and compassion for them along with their pains and fears. Like you have compassion and patience for the fact that they have pains they have fears. They have histories of being abused and beat up emotionally and, and, uh, and verbally by women. Mm-hmm. Could be starting with their mother. Could be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so yes, it's important that you know you 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 are aware of what's it like for them when you're dealing with them, in addition to what you want from them and how you want to be with them. You know. Like, it's a partnership. It's a relationship. It's both of y'all in there. So, um, so that's that. All right. So now I'm going to talk about. Uh, I'm going to talk about the challenges for finding the right guy. Challenges for, for women for finding the right guy. <sighs> so, if you don't understand men then um, you likely, um, here's one of the challenges with not understanding men is that you have to deal with the differences between men and women. So men do things for different reasons than women do. For instance, sometimes men get upset with their woman because the man is trying to protect her from something or protect her from herself by trying to fix something. When the women miss the point, they think, um, they don't realize he's trying to show his love and care for her by fixing her, supporting her, doing stuff for her. That's how men show love often. And if you don't let them do that, they'll eventually stop trying. So, you know, if you're Miss Independent, now he's like, well, if you're always independent, what do you need me for? What he's thinking, right? So, you know, men be the way they are is important. Not understanding yourself is a big problem. You know, a woman who's expected to be saved by their hero may not know what type of hero is best for her because she may not know what she needs because she doesn't know herself well enough to know what she needs. 
She doesn't know how well she treats herself, how much sleep she really needs, what dreams and aspirations she needs, um, what skills she needs her man to have, what's her purpose in life. Not knowing any of those things will be a problem and cause you to make decisions that seem great at the time, but then, you know, you'll be saying, see, what had happened was if you don't know yourself well enough. And if you hear yourself saying that a lot, that's because you don't know yourself well enough. Not being a communi- good communicator is another problem. It's one thing to not be a good communicator and another to not know you're not a good communicator. So here are some of the indicators of being a poor communicator. You have constant misunderstandings, arguments, alienation, withholding, walking on eggshells, constantly doing the same things over and over again, and constantly having hurt feelings. Good communicators don't have these types of problems on a regular basis with people, particularly their partner. Does that communicate? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Because you actually, you said, you're getting to the point when you're right. a good communicator, you're um, solving the issue. When you're not a good communicator, you're um, causing problems. You're, you're holding, you're holding back. Your feelings, you um not expressing, and um when you're not expressing, the other person doesn't know anything, so you can't solve a problem. Right. Right. Exactly. Among other things. Then um next is hanging on to the past and past experiences. You know, I could talk about that. I'll just run through it real quick. Uh, being angry, sad, or disappointed by things that happened in the past won't help your relationships or understandings with men. You remember the uh the passes in your future exercise in the higher in the higher, you know introduction. Um this is basically saying the same thing just a little slightly differently. Um you know growing up with an absent father, being cheated on in a high school or college, being molested or a host of other issues you've had to deal with will only get in the way of what you now want if you don't let it go. You gotta put it in the past, complete that. So that's that. Next, being triggered. Being emotionally triggered, like triggered to react a certain way without being conscious, it's a normal human experience. Something happens and we have an automatic reaction to it. Whether you do something about it or not is a completely different story. Having sudden emotional outbursts as an expression of how you feel about the sudden undesirable event that just happened will kill any relationship with any with a man or a woman. So in other words, you might have a reaction when you get angry, but if you don't slow down and have a second thought, you'll damage relationships, particularly with men. And this is one of the big areas that happens is that when women get emotionally triggered, they just lash out and express themselves, not realizing how they're going to end up leaving him at the end of the conversation. You know, some things you can say that you just can't never take back. You can't unfail, you know what I mean? Right. So, you know, then there's also unrealistic expectations. You know, most women want men to read their minds or at least be able to anticipate their needs. And I know women have the capacity to anticipate men's needs, but y'all have no clue about how to read our minds. It's, you know, you know, it's almost hilarious that women act like they have to read their minds when really they can't read. They're worse at reading our mind than we are theirs. 
I said, I said, it's almost as if women are worse at being able to read a man's mind than men are able to read a woman's mind. It's hilarious because y'all, we know you don't, y'all don't understand us, and we're okay with that. And you know we don't understand y'all, but most women are far from okay with that. Like, what do you mean? How come? Oh my God! Kind of go like that, right? We'd be like, dang, man, I don't know. She don't understand us, man. She understand me, man. I just have to deal with it. <laughs> that's how we deal with it, you know? We're like, oh, well, that's just the way it is. I don't know if you ever remember. You, you must have remembered Walter Cronkite. That name sounds familiar. Yeah, he was uh, he was the uh, the news. He was the, uh, the, 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 the the nighttime news anchor for CBS News in the sixties and seventies. Mm-hmm. And at the end of this show, it says, and that's the way it is. July twenty first, two thousand sixteen. Um, you know, so CBS News. He was the guy, but his his calls out was, "That's the way it is." <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way it is. So. You know, <laughs> men, we'd be like, well, she don't understand me, and that's the way it is. Women be like, he doesn't understand me. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and we make, a, we make something out of it. Yeah, yeah. Instead of like, you know what, okay, let's just keep trying, because don't, he don't understand me, but I don't know why he don't understand me, but oh, well. Like, y'all don't accept it as a reality. It's too important. For him to know you, for you to be okay with him not knowing you, you know, or not understanding you. <laughs> well, did you, oh, you know what? Um, um, wow. I'm gonna have to re-listen to this whole recording because this thing is cracking me up. I'm saying stuff I ain't thought of before, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. What? Well, maybe I'm going out of the context. Um. What I notice is that, like, like there's some things that men don't know. Yes. And um. Oh. Yep, stuff we don't know. Yep. It's like, Damn right. you, like you're like you're like you're learning. You're actually learning, and the only way you learn is by us. Yeah. That's part of the joy of the being in a relationship with you. There's things y'all know and see and understand we don't. There's things we know, see, and understand that you don't. And so we give our gifts to each other rather than be mad because you don't think the way I do. That's why you said have patience with them. Yes. It could be, for example, that um, you have a, a, a way of looking at things that's really good, and he's got a way of looking at things that's even better. But it's different. But if you don't try to find out what he's thinking about, you'll never find out. And then you'll chase him away, and he won't even want to tell you because you're like, I ain't getting my ass kicked again by that. I ain't telling you nothing. Because you acting like you know more than he knows. You're acting smarter than him. Right. So you're not willing to accept them. Even if, if, let me say it like this, even if you do know it better, 
if he knows something different than you, he knows something you don't know about that thing, even though you know that thing way better, you can mm-hmm. add what he knows to what you know. Right. Instead of judging him. Right. That's so why the relationships would, break up. Right. See, in those instances, that would be one of those times when you would ask yourself the question, what must he be thinking that made him feel that what he just said or did was okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. That's why you would ask that question all the time. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. And then uh, there's entitlement. <laughs> and even after having unrealistic expectations, Part of the reason, or part of the effect, or, or the source of those unrealistic, unrealistic expectations, um, is that women are often feel entitled. Not all the time, not all women. But this is one of the things that get in the way. He's supposed to take care of me. He's supposed oh. to approach me. He's supposed to. He's supposed to. He's supposed to. Where we where we get that from? Back to going to Disney World, Disneyland. Uh, I, I, you know what? That's a good question. I don't know where that started from, but um, I, I know that it's prevalent in this society, and it's like it drives me crazy. I'd be like, you like him, and he's you don't you don't even give him credit for the fact that he might be scared, even if he likes you, like he's supposed to be. If he really cares, he'll do what. Get out of here with that. You can do that, but that ain't helping you none. I'm, you know, it ain't helping you none. So whatever. You know, you see somebody you like him, and he's he's taking his time, but you still like him. Like you're not turned off by the fact that he's not talking to you. Maybe you make it easy. You walk past him and drop something in front of him, and he picks it up and he says, uh, "Here, sorry." And then, you know, you say thank you. It's like set him up to win. At least find out something rather than I'm the queen. And he's supposed to come and kiss my shoe. Yeah. Because I have a, because I because I have a vagina. What's up with that? Mm mm. Well, you know what? Like, um, like how I met the the cop. Like, um, I was three o'clock in the morning. I was coming in. I told you, did I tell you? I think you did. Yeah. Yeah, and he kissed me. Oh no, he asked me for a kiss. But last night we were sitting down. Last, because at times I get to see him, so he he's here Tuesday. What's today? He's here Wednesdays, and he'll be here Friday. So I try to make my business to be downstairs we spend a couple hours with each other and um and so I asked you know I, I always go back to um how maybe it's cra- I feel that it's crazy for me or maybe it's just lust I don't know but um he asked me, he asked me to kiss him and my mind had already disregarded the other person and so when I kissed him Oh my goodness! And um, so last night I asked him. I um, we I always like I said I always go back to that kiss. And um, he said he does too. And what he said, he said, you know, I was nervous when I he he said he was nervous. He and uh, I, like he was shaking. I said, yeah, you were. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> But but um, as I as I'm saying that to you, it makes me think about what else you have told me about um, with women, you know, what they already, what the man already has in their head, you know, in reference to women, 
Yeah. But I didn't feel I didn't had an I wasn't nervous. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> Cause you wasn't worried about being rejected. No, I wasn't. Yeah, well he was. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was worried about being rejected, so of course he was nervous. Not cool, not cool at all for him. So, anyhow, so um, <laughs> he's supposed to reach out to kiss you if he wants to kiss you. If he really wanted to, he would. Yeah. He wanted, you know. Mm. Yeah. So, anyhow, you know, some guys really, really like you, but they're too nervous. They feel like a nerd, so they don't know how to do it, so they say don't. And then you both lose out. Right. He ain't got he ain't got me to talk to you or talk to him about how to do it. You know, you feel like, eh, ha, 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 I don't know about all of that. So, you know, you're both dealing with some crap that ain't helping you none. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and that's how it goes, you know. Hmm. So, anyhow, um, so, so yeah, so that's, that's the stuff that, that gets in the way for women in order to, uh, of finding the right guy is in certain mindsets that doesn't work for you, doesn't work for us either. But, you know, y'all do it and, you know, we're at the effect of it and, you know, all that stuff. So um, <laughs> it's crazy. But I wanted to give you, you know, the ways to get out of your own way around it. So, um, yeah, so anyhow, so that's that. So, um, you know, Dealing with the challenges, I mean, there's one other piece that I want to deliver to you, but I'm not going to do it tonight. Um, I'm going to do that, and I'll start our next session with that. Um, and um, what else do I want to say about that? Um, yeah, I will um, – uh, hold on a second. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm managing my technology over here. So um, – all right, yeah, I'm good now. Sorry about that. I got a little distracted because I'm like, I want to be able to, I want to be able to close this out appropriately. So what I'm going to talk about the next time is um, I'm going to start with the top 20 differences between men and women, so you can actually start seeing what it's like for women and what it's like for men, and how in the same situation, how come they're going to come across differently. But before then, I'm going to. Um, uh, break down um, something that I call uh, the script. And so the script is, you know, how women have things in raised in their head and how it gets in the way of you actually recognizing and identifying the right guy. So, um, you know, it's, it's almost 11 o'clock. We've been on a phone. You want to do that almost, now? Yeah, it's just, no, I'm not going to do it. I want to do it starting the next session. I'm oh, telling wow. You, uh, well, you want to go through You got enough energy to do it now. I'll do it now. Huh? It sounds so like a good part. I'm it is. I'm sitting here. Okay. All right. Then, all right. Good. It'll take about 20 minutes. And then minutes we can just end that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll like take about 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this concept that I've discovered called the script. <laughs> you know, because it seems to me that most women have an idea how a relationship is supposed to go how the right man's supposed to approach him, how he's supposed to be, all these expectations, right? So, you know, it's like um, if he was really the one, 
he'd do this, he'd act this way, and all of that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm, um, I don't know yet. I don't okay. know yet. All right, so... You know, when you when you look at the, you know, the Disney fantasy that they put into all the two-year-olds from, you know, from the 1930s on out, mm. um, you know, you have, you know, you're supposed to be saved by a hero, the knight in shining armor, you know, the the, the, the the Lion King and all of this stuff, right? You're supposed to be, mm. you know, right, all of this, Aladdin's lamp, all of this, right? So, you know, it seems to me that most women, not maybe not all of them, but many women, I should say, you know, they have how relationships are already supposed to go. They have how the guy that's supposed to be the perfect guy that is supposed to be acting, supposed to look, supposed to think, supposed to talk, all of that. Like, they already have a vision of their leading man in their head and mm-hmm. the story of their relationship in their head. Is that pretty accurate? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, that's what I call the script. Okay. And so when women are meeting men, Part of the qualification is, is he fitting my script? Mm-hmm. So you're really looking for a leading man in your story. It's kind of like when I was a kid, my sister had um, a, um easy-bake oven house, easy-bake oven oven. And, um, you know, she also had like a, a doll house. And a couple of times she tried to get me to play tea, drinking tea with her. I wasn't down, you know what I'm saying? But she had a little table, and, you know, she had a Ken doll, and she was able to, like, pretend how the family, how the relationship was supposed to go. And that's, you know, a part of what happens with women and girls when they're growing up. They, they get to play with dolls. They get to practice, you know, pushing baby carriages and what's it like being a mommy and all of this stuff. Y'all practice in relationships at least 10 years before boys even think about it. Mm-hmm. And so... um you know, without anybody saying anything about it, you know, you watch movies, you know, you see, you know, uh, you know, uh, when Harry met Sally, um, you know, or, or whatever other romantic movies that you like, lift, watch, and, yeah. and, and, you know, right? Those songs from The Temptations and Blue Magic and, you know, all <laughs> of those guys, the 50s, the we 70s. We even got all our emotions all in it. Right, right. So now... All of that has come to the point where it's helped, you know, men and women have a vision of how relationships are supposed to go, particularly women even more than men. Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening is you've built your own personal script that, you know, you and your girlfriend might talk about, but you've got your own personal script. And the guy that you're interested in, he needs to fit, he needs to be the leading actor in your play. But it's your play, not his. Not y'all together. It's yours. So you need to meet your your qualifications. You need to qualify, right? Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. so I want to say this before I get started, that uh, there's a famous saying, humans make plans and then God laughs. Humans make plans and then God laughs? Okay. Laughs at, yeah, God laughs at the, at the people's plans. Yeah. Because the plans are so short-sighted, you got to, you got to, oh, that was cute. That's like a baby talking to, you know, a four-year-old talking about how they're going to be a, a fireman. You start listening to their plans, and you kind of laugh at it. You think it's cute because, like, man, that ain't going to happen. But, okay, fine, it sounds good, right? So 
That's how we are to God. <laughs> We're like a bunch of four-year-olds trying to make life happen, and we got these plans and ideals. And he's like, oh, okay, great. We, now we're going to do this, right? So what happens is you got your script, and then then guys do something different. So here's the problem. Oh, you said the guys do something different. Okay. All yeah, right. yeah, because they, they don't know your script. They don't even know you okay. got one, right? So now here's what happens. Women often think that if he was really one, he'd fit their script. And the problem is it leaves men with only one choice in dealing with you. You want to know what that problem is? What do you think that problem is? It, it leaves them with only one script to deal with us? Yeah. So let me say it again. If if you have a script, and you're, you're probably thinking that if he's really the one for you, he'd fit your script. Mm. And And... Do you know what the problem is with that? You, yeah. Any idea what that what the problem is with that whole concept? Um, we have an idea, and they don't. Yeah, no. There's actually a bigger problem than that. The problem is he can only get it right. He can only get your script to write the way you want the script to be filled. But, see, that's the first part of the problem. The second part of the problem is he can't even get it right if he gets it right. Right, because of our perception of what we want, right? Right. So he needs to fit into your vision. That means either you know how men are supposed to be better than God does. God created this guy. And now you're saying he needs to be fitting you the whole thing. Either that or he needs to be exactly how you want him to be. In other words, he must obey you. He must become your Ken doll. And that means he can't be himself in either case. You won't let him. It's not in your script. Hmm. You can see that problem. It's a problem, right? It's like you're trying to mold somebody. Yeah. Yeah, he becomes your Ken doll. That sucks. Mm -hmm. So now, the whole script is a setup for failure, especially for you. Yeah, Yeah, because men can only respond in one of the following five ways I'm going to tell you. And you've seen all one, all five of these guys. You've seen all five of these guys. So the first way, so the five ways um, that guys will work out is that the first guy, the first reaction is he likes you, but he doesn't really understand you, and he doesn't even realize that he doesn't understand you. He's kind of clueless. I call him kind of like Elmer Fudd. You know, Bugs Bunny used to drive Elmer Fudd crazy, right? <laughs> Elmer Fudd didn't know how stupid he was until he got got angry. But, yeah, you probably met guys that was kind of like an Elmer Fudd, right? Coolest, nice, naive, though, you know know what I mean? You've met Mm -hmm. guys like that, right, in the past? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's one way a guy's going to react to your script. The second way is 
he also doesn't know what to do, but he knows he doesn't know what to do, so he tries to do all kinds of stuff, trying to be an extra nice guy. I call him Mr. Nice Guy. Mm-hmm. So he tries all kinds of stuff in order to get you hooked into him. He's, he's investing his time, his money, his energy into you with the hope that you'll be obligated to him. So he'll try to fit into your script, but he's not trying to be himself. He's just trying to get you, and he don't know how to get you. Right. That's how come he's Mr. Nice Guy. He's nice, but you don't like him. Most women don't like him because it's kind of icky after a while. It's like this guy just buying me the stuff so I can give him some sex. Ick. Mm-hmm. So that's the second guy. I know you've seen that guy. The third guy, you've seen him too, but it's hard to tell who he is at first. Because he's a nice, you know, he's kind of a nice guy, but he's not too nice. And, you know, he's funny, he's straight, you know, he could be handsome, whatever. But when you start asking him questions like, where's this relationship going, he don't want to commit. You've met guys that no matter what, they're not going to commit, right? Let's just keep things the way they are. Things are nice the way they are. I've called him a rebel without a cause. <laughs> he's he's non-committal, non-conformist. And um, you can't make him. But he'll hang around as long as no, he's not responsible or accountable for anything. You make guys like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say that. Okay. I, you know, go, but go well, ahead. But you've heard of guys like that. You've heard women complain about yeah, guys Yeah, I've heard. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Great. Then the fourth guy, he's really charming very exciting, turns you on, seems like he says and does all the right things. He might even be a bad boy. But after a while, y'all break up and you don't really understand why you break up. You ever been with a guy like that? I heard of that one. Yeah. And he's so good at doing this that he um, could be juggling two or three women at the same time. Because he's a player. Because he's a player. Mm-hmm. And the reason why you call him a player is because he knows how to play women inside their own game. So he understands the script subconsciously. Like, he may not be able to put the language to it, but he knows what women are looking for. And so he'll give them what he wants them to have for as long as he can stand doing it. Mm-hmm. Sound like so, the person I just got rid of. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, so so what happens is he knows that you want him to be a certain way. So he'll give you the way he wants you want him to be his way. And then once he's pushing your buttons, then he does whatever he feels like doing. And then when he gets tired of it, he leaves. Mm-hmm. The reason why he leaves is because he knows that you made him or you set him up so that he's got to fulfill on your wishes, your desires, your mm-hmm. script. But that means that you're not really you're not even interested in who he really is. Wow. Because you want him to fit your script. You don't care who he is as long as he fits your script. Make sense? Yeah. And so he doesn't have a problem leaving you alone because if you got a script and you want him to fulfill on that script, you must be faking the funk too. You must be operating from your side of the script which means he really didn't meet you either. That he really what? He really did not ever get to know you really either. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Because if you try to make him fit into a script, you're in the script too. And so he plays you until he gets tired of playing, because he gets tired of not being himself anymore. Or he gets tired of being with somebody who ain't being themselves. Or both. But it's fun while it lasted. Well, at least until the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's the fifth guy. This is the guy. He refuses to play the game. Because he understands he knows also do something. He understands... You know, the other guys, the player, the non-committal guy, he understands those guys, but he's not doing those things. He's going to play he, – he refused to play the game because he wants to deal with the real you, and he's not going to let you make him change himself just to be with you. This is a mature man who understands people in relationships, and he's not going to let himself get manipulated just because – you're feeling sensitive or something, you know, just because he's not fitting your script. He will step back and say, okay, listen, let me let you come real at me. I'm going to give you a couple of chances to come real at me, but if you don't, I'm a bail because I'm not going to be with nobody that's not really on the real tip, you know what I mean? I call that guy The Rock. The Rock? So this is the, the Rock. Like, okay. you know, like he's the solid rock. Not mm-hmm. the wrestler, you know. <laughs> he just he had he had he knows himself. He knows himself, and he can see who they, whether you know yourself or not. Mhm. And if he knows himself, and he sees that you know yourself, then it'll be easy for him. But if you don't know yourself, you're gonna play the script, and he ain't playing with somebody who don't know themselves. What's gonna be easy for him? It'll be easy for him to be with you if you know who you are. Okay. But if you don't know who you are, it's almost impossible for him to be happy with you because mm-hmm. he's too busy having to keep changing to make you happy. Right. Even when you don't know how to make your own self happy. Right. Because you don't know yourself enough to be able to make choices that work. Right. And so because of that, he will leave you alone. But unfortunately, and at the same time, fortunately, this is the guy most women want. They just don't know it because they got their script in the way. This is the guy that a woman could be happy with for 30 years once she gets her script out of the way, once she can mm-hmm. see men how they really are. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, part of the script... So in addition to the script, women have a checklist, a qualifier checklist. Prime, they got two, two levels of um, a first and a second level of basic female qualifiers. That's what I call it, basic female qualifiers. So what that means is that, you know, as a, in addition to your script, if these things show up, then you're going to be, like, super excited about this guy. So the primary list... I'm going to read to you, is a list that, um, that I've never met a woman yet that didn't like every one of these eight things on this list. Every woman ever read this to or ever saw it, they say, like, yep, I want all of that. <laughs> it's not, I've never heard anybody say, nah, you know, that one I don't care about. So, And then the secondary list is a list that's like some women like it. Not every single woman needs that. 
But the, for the women that need that, it's primary for them, but it's still on the secondary list because it's not something that every single woman wants. So let me read you the basic female qualified. The primary list, the eight things that every single woman I've ever met wants in a man, is attracted to in a man, loves in a man, is this, that he's strong, that there's chemistry, that he's confident, that he has resources, that he's trustworthy, that he makes her feel safe and secure, that he's funny, and he's a good communicator. You want me to read that again? No. Is there anything that I said that you'd be like, nah, I don't really care that much about? Nope, I want all the points. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm right again. I love being right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not one thing on this list will a woman say, nah. They'd be like, nope, yep, 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 yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, and yep, right? Now, the secondary list, not every woman wants every one of these things on this list, but if they want something on this list, they want it as bad as they want the first eight things. So that's why I call it the secondary list. And, you know, some of these things that's going to be on this list may or may not be for you. So, you know, I want to read them. You tell me what you think, okay? Mm-hmm. So here's the, second, here, here's the secondary list, that he's romantic, that he's intelligent, that he's great at something, that he's passionate, that he's attractive, like good-looking, and that he's fit and in shape. Now, not every woman needs that. There's some women that I call chubby chasers. They like big fat guys or they like husky guys. They don't care about if he's fit and shape. They're not important. There are women that's like, they're so practical, they don't even care about romance. So, okay, fine. But for the women who think some of these on that list is important to them, that goes for them into the top eight. <laughs> goes so, up to the top eight? Yeah, if if a woman finds that the, what I just read, the second list, Mm-hmm. Is like primary for her, like she wants that. That's mm-hmm. as primary as the first things on the first list. So, let me ask you: Is any of those things? I'll read it again. Is any of those things you you want as you, as important to you as the other stuff? So, you know, is a man being either romantic, intelligent, great at something, passionate, attractive, or fit and in shape? Is any of those things like like you gotta have it? Or not so um, much, because like, it could be just a nice to have. It'd be nice to have it, but I don't. I don't need it. You know, I don't know. Not necessarily intelligent, but it's good that you got to have some kind of something on your some kind of brain. Um, romantic, um, like it's it's half and half, like fifty fifty. Yeah. Great at something could be fifty fifty. Passion, it could be fifty fifty. Yeah. Fit, fit and shape could be fifty fifty. Yeah. Well, some so of it, but not all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so those are like really, really nice to have versus must have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Good. So those are the qualifiers. Now, the reason why I bring those up is because, um, is because what happens is when women get like emotional and attached to a guy, then what happens is if they have at least three of those eight qualifiers. Mm-hmm. They will. They will try to, to, to lock this guy down and try, try to, to do them. what? They will try to get this guy to to commit to them and marry him and have babies with him. If he's got at least three of these things, and if one of them out of, out of he, the primary and secondary list, out of the primary list, unless 
some of those things on the secondary list as part of primary, mm. right? Okay. You know, then, then, but if, but if he's got, so I want to read the primary list again. Strong, there's chemistry between them. He's confident. He's got resources. He's trustworthy. He makes her feel safe and secure. He's funny and he's a good communicator. So if a guy is funny, he's a good communicator, and he's got chemistry and he's confident, mm. that's enough for her to want to commit to this guy and have sex with this guy and try to figure out how to make a relationship. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, chemistry, confidence, good communication, and humor, that's a player right there. He's got those for sure. And then he's strong because he's like, he ain't taking no sense, he's confident, right? So like, those are the, those are the ingredients of a player. A woman would be like, oh, I got to keep this guy around. He's something. He might be the one. Well, the problem is when you get caught up in, in that, then you miss out on what could go wrong with the relationship. So what you cannot find on the checklist is you can't tell if he's a commitment, you know, he's willing to commit or not. You can't tell if he's honest or not. You can't tell if he's got a purpose in life. You can't tell if he's full selfish he's really expressing himself. You can't tell what kind of dysfunctions he's got you know, things that you might want to fix. You can't tell if he's got any deal breakers. You can't tell if he's missing any must-haves. You can't, you can't tell the impact of his past experiences on him. You can't tell if he understands women enough to make the relationship work. It's just so many things you can't tell because you're always happy with the small things you see. Because these are the superficial things, right? Well, it's not that they're superficial. They're just not all all there is for you to be in a successful relationship. Right, right. It might be a good guy to sleep with and to have fun with, but that's not going to help with a real relationship. Not enough. That's right. It's not. Right. It's not. Right. So that's why the script is such a pain in the ass. The script is such a damaging mindset, viewpoint, way of interacting with men. Because you can't see who they are because there's other things in the way. Mm-hmm. It won't let you. They won't let me or the, or the outside? What won't let me? Oh, the, the, the script that I have. Qualifiers, it blinds you from what's really going on. Okay. It's you're already always listening, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, the last piece I'm going to give you is um, how men qualify women. How men qualify women? Yeah. Men don't even know that they qualify women, but they do. They just do it differently than women do, and they have a short list of qualifications. But unfortunately, and at the same time, fortunately, this list is very reliable. And so I want to tell you, men look for six things. Meaning how, how, that's okay, that's what you can be saying, what the men look. For me, so yes. I'm qualified. Go ahead. Right, men are looking for this, these six things in a woman, and um, it, you know, I want to tell you the list, and then I'm going to describe the list, and I'm going to tell you why it works. So, um, the six things men want is number one. I mean, and number one because it's the first on my list. Okay, it's not like it's the only one. Sex. 
Everybody knows men want sex. Women know men want sex. Men know men want sex. Everybody knows men want sexual women. Right? They want sex. If they're homosexual, mm-hmm. they want sex from other guys. Right? Men, sex, they go together. That's clear. Next is attention. Men want and need a woman's attention. We need y'all to be paying attention to us. We need y'all to be crazy about us, really. And that's important. The next thing we need and we're looking for is for you to accept us. We need you to fully accept us. What's, you know, what works and what doesn't work, how we are and how we're not. We need to be fully accepted by a woman. Fourth, we need her to be attractive the way we like attractive. So some guys, some, we need a woman to be attractive, like nice to oh. look at, attractive. So, but that doesn't mean she needs to look like a model. She could look mm-hmm. like Roseanne Barr because he likes big women. Mm-hmm. You know, he could. She could look like Wendy Williams, somebody really tall. You know, and, and, and fluffy. Mm-hmm. You know, she could look like Judy uh, you know, and I to the beholder. Exactly. His kind of pretty, the kind that he's happy to look at in the morning when she wakes up and she got, you know, sleeping sleep, you know, eyes and her hair is all over the place and her breath is bad. He still thinks she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Um, next, number that was number four, uh, attractiveness. Number five is an emotionally safe space. Emotionally, emotionally safe space. Right. She is somebody who is not going to give him a hard time emotionally. We talked about that earlier in this conversation, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. She's in control. She knows how to manage her emotions. She doesn't have to control them, but she can manage them, like... She doesn't have to stop herself from feeling. She just needs to be responsible with what she does with her feelings. Mm-hmm. And then number six, that she treats him the way he wants to be treated, not the way she wants to treat him. And every man wants to be treated differently. I know on the top of uh, uh, top of wedding cakes. There's always the same-looking kind of guy with the same suit for the most part. You know, it could be a, tux, a black tuxedo or a white tuxedo, but he's in a tuxedo, right? Same guy, right? Mm-hmm. The, women don't even, the women don't even notice it because the, to, to women, subconsciously, we're all the same anyhow. What difference does it make? Except for this guy's going to do everything I want him to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So men, they don't realize that you don't treat every man the same way. It's like we shouldn't say treat you know any one, any two women the same way, right? But you got to find out how he wants to be treated. Some men want lots of attention. Some men don't need almost any attention. You know, it depends. So you got to find out. So now, the reason why I say this list works is because um, we don't tell you how to act. There's nothing about how you should act here. There's no roles you should fit into. There is, um, this list is experiential. It's not about practices you should put in or things you should do. It's about, about beingness for the most part. Sex and, sex and, and uh, attractiveness. You know, you could do something about the attractiveness that you have. You know, you could start wearing clothes he likes, even though you, you know, he may not tell you that. And, you know, mm-hmm. you can change your hair, and you can even possibly do, you know, some some uh, cosmetic surgery if it was necessary. 
but most of the guys, most guys are very flexible with, with, with the way women look. Most men are very forgiving and accepting in the appearances of women. Mm-hmm. We have a wide bandwidth for what we consider beautiful. And, uh, and that, we're happy say about that. One more thing. Say that one more time about what they consider beautiful. Yeah. So men are very, very flexible when it comes to their perceptions of beauty. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as the most beautiful woman in the world for a man. Right. There's just too many beautiful women. Right. <laughs> you know, so, 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 for example, some men may be, you know, they like butt guys. They're, they're guys that like women with a nice butt, right? But mm-hmm. if she's got, like, a, a, a pretty good butt instead of a fantastic butt and she's got great breasts, he'll be okay with that because, I mean, she's got at least, at least she don't got an ugly butt. And then she got these, these breasts and this pretty face. Oh, my God. And some guys are like, they don't care about the face. They just want you to, you know, be tall and, and, and be extra big because, you know, the bigger she is, the more there is the low. You know, so, like, you got some guys like that, you know. And then you got guys <laughs> that don't really care about having big breasts. They just want you to have great legs. They like that great legs and a nice face or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and men are connoisseurs. We say, oh, you see her? Oh, my God. And you see that one? Oh, my God. We don't say which one is better. We be just like, thank God for both of them. So in the attractiveness area, women, I think, really spend too much time worrying about that. But um, that's a whole other story. I ain't going there. And then the sex, you know, you either got your skills or not. You know, the, the touch and the chemistry is either there or not. I don't know what to say about that. Hopefully it works, though, and most of the time it will. But with the attention, the acceptance, the emotionally safe space, and being treated the way they want to be treated, that's on an individual basis, and he needs that from you. And if you can provide those things, he will never want to leave you alone. So now, any one thing missing from this list will make a man unhappy. Two of those things missing from this list, will, will he will not commit to a woman who has two has two or more things missing from that list. He just can't do it. It would be like you dating a rapist. You couldn't do it. You would feel too unsafe and too insecure. If a man has two of these things missing of the six, the most he's going to do is hang around until he can't take it anymore. The quick best he's going to do is get away from you as quick as possible so that you can both be free sooner. Yeah, I don't want to talk more about this in, in the latter part of the program, but mm-hmm. that's what's up with this. I will send this to you. I, I, um, I'm going to send this to you in the morning because otherwise I'm going to be out in the day, out in the street to almost all day tomorrow, afternoon and evening. So uh, I'm going to send this to you in the morning. I'm not going to do it now. Uh, but I'll, I'll send okay. it to you in the morning. And, uh, and I'm not sure if I'm going to put the recording up tonight or tomorrow. But, yeah. um, I'm Say that one more time. Up. I'm, you go I'm real fast. Okay, sorry about that. I'm I'm leaving my house about one o'clock tomorrow afternoon, so I'll make sure you get this stuff uh, before uh, before I leave tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And because uh, otherwise, I won't get to it till Saturday because I'm gonna be on the road all day tomorrow. Oh, so um, in reference to me listening to it, um, be, so can I? What can I do? Can I call you? I don't know. Yeah, you should call me when you're ready. 
And even, so I'm going to be at a meeting, but I'll have plenty of time if you want to call me tomorrow night and I'll, tell, I'll walk you through it. I want yeah, to end the conversation. Hold on a second. I'm going to end the recording now because you're, you're, not, going to, you're not going to care about this at the uh, two weeks from now, you know. So let me end this now. Hold on. About anything else, anything you want to say about, uh, about uh, this session before I close this out? Um, treat him the way he wants to be treated. Yes. But it would take you understanding and learning how he wants to be treated. Right. One of those things would be for you to get all your already always filters out of the way. But another thing it would take is just for you to ask that question again. What must he be thinking that made him feel that what he just said or did was okay? Right. Mm -hmm. That'll help you a lot, tremendously. Because ask your answer. You can either ask him, which is a good idea, or you can ask yourself and then keep your eyes open. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you ask yourself and you might get an answer like six weeks later. Oh, that's what it is. Oh, I got it now. You might not get the answer right away. So don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, so. Very interesting. Yes. A, a little sad, too, you know, but interesting. Okay. Sad. I, mean, I got it though. Why do you say sad? Um, because there were some things that you were telling me that you know that um, it just made me think. I can't remember right now, but it just made me think, and I said, "Wow, you know that that's um kind of sad." And it's uh, sad like, because of how I was seeing it or how. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I want to get, you know, how you're seeing it out of the way so you can see reality, you know what I mean, clearly, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but but I'm all right. Good, good, good. All right, so let me, let me close this out, and then we'll talk about that other thing. Hold on. Okay. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.